Yemei Chabad on the 20th day of Sivan. This is in the year Tafresh Samach Beis 662. That was the day that the yeshiva Tom Mimim in the city of Lubavitch was closed by the uh, order of the government at that time. What was the English date of that? The 20th of Sivan? June 25th, 1902. June 25th, 1902. So, the, the yeshiva, the Tom it was founded, the basis of find, it was founded in order to uh, combat the new winds that were blowing in the uh, amongst the Jewish people, um, the um, as many people looked at it as old-fashioned, outdated. You know, just like we have similar like today, uh, you have ideas that uh, the Torah, the mitzvahs, Hasidus, all these things are sort of left behind. Good for the olden days for the Middle Ages, but today we're a progressive nation, we're a progressive people, and we don't need that, but Tom Mimim was founded to stay strong so that the yeshiva students will be um, anchored very strongly in the observance of Torah and mitzvahs and the spirit of Hasidus. But because it went against all these new ideas, many times it was uh, facing uh, slanderous accusations and uh, various types of uh, masculine, those are the enlightened people, they consider themselves to be enlightened uh, people, they were always attempting to try to cut off and to try to do harm to the yeshiva, which they felt was uh, doing old-fashioned stuff. But on the year, on the day of 20th, their uh, slander of these masculine, of these enlightened so-called people, they succeeded, and the yeshiva that was the name of the yeshiva, the Lubavitch yeshiva, it was closed. But it was only for a very short while. The previous Rebbe writes in his uh, diary, he writes, on the 21st day of Sivan, Tofresh Samach Beis in Lubavitch, today is 2 in the afternoon, that's when is the entry coming in. <clears throat> he says, yesterday, in the middle of the uh, third meeting, at 6 o'clock, a, um, a courier, a uh, rot they call him, somebody came quickly from Lubavitch with a letter that tells us that at 2 afternoon, as the uh, Rosh Yeshiva and the students took their places and the main supervising rabbi, he was standing on the, on the bima in the large room, all of a sudden a uh, officer of the police uh, came together with uh, uh, his assistant and three policemen and they announced that the learning must stop. And he wrote the names of all the students and all the people that were there at that time. When he finished writing down, he turned to two of those that were standing there that they should sign this uh, order. Um, and 
he instructed that everybody must leave. People should uh, disperse. Everybody must leave the room. He instructed to lock the uh, windows of the room from the inside. And when he, when everybody went out, he locked the door. He put a seal on the door to make sure that um, nobody goes in. It was sealed with the authorization of the police uh, authorities. And he instructed that they should keep these, uh, they had these uh, wax kind of seals, which they can tell if anybody tampers with them or not. Uh, not to be broken. Uh, he, the agent of the police, said that he received a uh, instruction from the police in the city of Urja in the name of the uh, one in charge, the minister who was in charge over the education, or Saraskola, um, to immediately close, shut down those. Uh, haters, those yeshivas uh, that teach the Torah, the Jewish Torah that was founded by the Rabbi Shderson with the name Temchet Mimim. Because these are not yeshivas which are permitted under the law, because they have teachers uh, that don't are not qualified by the they don't have the proper documentation uh, to teach because you need a, a license you need a um, uh, go through the different courses what it was required for them to get a to get yet a certificate you don't have no certificates and that is prohibited by the law you're not allowed to teach uh, they also have received a order to take uh, the uh, uh, the, um, the 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 person uh, called him the Rebbe by the Rebbe's name, the Rebbe by his father's name. He was. They had a um, very. Their family had a very honorable. Uh, because of the time of the Alter Rebbe, still. They called them Ezra Nichbad Lederesu. That means that they were outstanding family. They got a medal, and the whole family was considered to be an honorable family. But they've gotten instruction to take him uh, that he should not leave the city without a specific permission of the police until they're going to verify what is the rule. Uh, so the previous Rebbe, that was during the lifetime of the Rebbe Rashab. Uh, he, he passed away in Tafresh Pein eight years later, or seven years later, or seven, eight years later. But the previous Rebbe, his job was, he was the uh, sort of the headmaster of the of school. He was the menial. He was the uh, one in charge of the school, the day-to-day activities. So um, he did not... Uh, uh, he did not care. He said he instructed to make a new entrance to the yeshiva through the through the windows. He says, and he continues to write the Rebbe. When I came to the city, apparently he there's somebody came to the Rebbe. He was outside of Lubavitch at the time, and this is the agent came running and telling the Rebbe about it. He says, when I came to the city at nine thirty, and I 
was able to see in detail everything that was happening. So I called uh, the builder. There was like a carpenter, a builder over there. His name was Yaakov. And I told him that immediately he should make a porch from the... Um, uh, he should make a, a kind of an entranceway, build large steps uh, so they can go through the window, and they should open the window, and they should make three steps also inside. They had three steps going up to the window, and three steps going down. And at three in the morning, people were already using the uh, new entranceway through the, through the steps. Uh, on the seal of wax that the officer placed on the entrance, I put a metal cover over it, a uh, tin... Um, made out of tin on it, so that to not break the seal. And at 7 in the morning, the yeshiva schedule started as usual already. Uh, when my grandmother, the Rebbe Rifka, that's the wife of the Rebbe Maharash, when she went to Daven and she saw the new steps that I have instructed to make, she got very scared. She was in the pain because she was worried that maybe I did something against the law. Uh, so the next day, there is a announcement came from the uh, uh, telegram from the um, captain of the police that he gives permission to open up the yeshiva again. Miraculously. So it didn't stay closed for long. And but not only that, you know, it it um, it, um, it continued to uh, to operate. And the next day, it became already legal. Now the yeshiva, the yeshiva Tomchet Mimim was very renowned because it produced some outstanding uh, great scholars and also uh, very um, people of uh, holy people, people that were. Um, uh, working with themselves and elevated and reached a very, very high level. And it actually came to play in those days when they needed to have a lot of determination, a lot of uh, self-sacrifice in order to just exist as a Jew uh, and certainly to exist as a practicing Jew that took a lot of uh, strength, a lot of fortitude, a lot of inner strength and uh, there was all these kinds of distractions over there, and um, it was evident later on when things got even worse at that time, and there was all this persecution, so that really, essentially, those who remained intact were able to continue living a Jewish life were those that were raised and have received their education in the yeshiva, in the Lubavitch, in the, under the Rebbe's guidance, they stayed strong. I mean, it's, it's, it's unimaginable, really, um, what would be today, like if you see all the activity in Russia today and Ukraine, all the former Soviet Union, um, which was uh, basically going to totally disappear because uh, the average Jewish person had really no chance of uh, maintaining any Jewish life as under the the Bolsheviks under the communist regime. It was uh, impossible. And you see how many Russian Jews who just, okay, they remember the grandmother or the father or somebody, but they themselves already had not practiced this. It was impossible. And then you have the 
a group of Hasidim were able to revitalize today the children, the offsprings of those students, the Chabad, the Shluchim, and all over the world. It's like, it's hard to believe what would have been in a natural way if not for for this intervention of the Rebbe and the Hasidus and everything else. So that, these steadfast things, I mean, also it's hard to imagine today that the government doesn't allow you to do these things, you know, to learn and other things like that, but it's it's something which is definitely um, stood by us. Yeah, what were you saying? From a historical view, totalitarianistic governments never survived. They tend to fall. Okay, but they, they would have fallen, but the Jewish people would have also fallen together with them because they were there. Well, what I'm saying is How long were the communists in, 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 in power? 1917. So there was like, like two, about generations. two generations. That would be enough to cause irreversible damage, if not for... was it, 1989, when it fell, so it lasted, it didn't last for 200, 300 years, yeah, so but, but, but like, you know, I know that today they're making all the kinds of studies in which it seems like if the direction isn't changed around, like where the Jewish people are heading now. The Pew study. Yeah, the Pew study and the other studies. Yeah, the, yeah. So if we don't reverse direction, uh, it seems like there's going to be no Jewish people left. Down. But one way or the other, I mean, this was no different in in that time in which it was totally uh, unpredictable that this is going to take place, the change around is going to take place. Probably half of the revolutions were Jewish. Karl Marx, 1880, but the point, the thing what I'm trying to bring out is they were, they didn't believe in religion. They believed in the ethnicity of being Jewish but not the religious aspect of it. And they believed in a society just like uh, in Israel on the kibbutz. They believed in a socialistic society. It doesn't work. Marxist system doesn't work. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah, totalitaristic, you know, all the dictators of the world, it doesn't work. Even in China with, with, with communism, it's a capitalist society with a communist government. Yeah. So it, it can't work. They all, they all fall. The only one that survives is North Korea. Okay, but yet, even in Cuba today, is capitalism is sprouting out. And yet, you know, there's a very interesting thing. When Cuban Jews, they always, allet, always allowed rabbis to come in there, yeah. in the Jewish community. They wouldn't allow the rabbi to live in Cuba, but they could visit and bring food for peso. And they still maintain the Jewish cemetery because we have a relative buried there. And if you go online, the communist government lists the cemetery, the lot number, and the date of burial. So different communist governments, different governments, a lot of things are different. But, they, but it was like in the 70s, they started to open up a little bit because they needed the West for the food. Yeah. So the communism let some rabbis in a little bit, and they started adjusting because they knew they couldn't survive that way. Well, the point that well, I guess from what here is that I was uh, saying is that it was those students of the yeshiva, we can see that they were imbued with that uh, level of commitment that helped it, helped it survive. All the, and that's why you have all these fall of all these different nations and the fall of all the different cultures. And notwithstanding today too, you know, the, the, the religious peoples are, are perceived anyways or are really uh, persecuted. They, some of them conceive 
that even in Israel they're being persecuted, they're being singled out, and uh, and for, for uh, various different, you know, that's not uh, a whole different thing. Well, but that's our natural but reason. But, well, they have, there's one particular reason over there. Two well, particular reasons. There's reasons, but I'm saying. But not but all groups. Yeah. But the point that I'm saying is that it took uh, that perseverance of the Lubavitch Shivas, and you see, Hashem is, finds a way for the Torah to. Uh, Torah Judaism, notwithstanding whether the it's outside or the inside, whether it's the Bolsheviks, whether it's the Jews, whether it's from your own uh, brother, somehow Hashem gives us the strength to be able to continue till Mashiach will come and take us out of Gaulus. Yeah.